This is Steven. And this is Tracy. And this is Just the Two of Us Podcast. Hey, everybody. So welcome back to another fun-filled podcast. Um, Tonight, we're going to talk about the BET Awards. And uh, we're going to obviously talk about all of the performances. Um, well, not all of them. Well, not all of them. <laughs> only, the only ones worth talking about. So Only the ones worth. So no to you, designer. <laughs> no to you, future. Yeah, so only the ones worth talking about. Um, to us. <laughs> Maybe you think future and designer are worth it, but we, we unfortunately don't. Yeah. don't know. So, um, yeah, so let's get started. So um, the first one we're going to talk about is the Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar performance. Um, they performed uh, Freedom, which is on Beyonce's newest CD, Lemonade. Steven. Yes. Wow. What okay. did you think? It was a good performance. Mm-hmm. You know, Beyonce came in, you know, she popped up, she opened the show. You know, I don't know why people were surprised by that, but, you know, she opened the show and, and came through with her dancers and did, did their thing in a... I don't know, about six inches of water. They did like a little dance and um, <laughs> dance and singing, and it was good. And then Kendrick Lamar came out, and you know he had some verses on it. It, it was full of energy, and mm-hmm. you know it was quite black. It was a pretty black performance, <laughs> which is apropos considering this is the BET Award, Awards. right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, it, it, it was good. You know, it was a good start to the festivities and had some energy to it. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, that is a song that I do like from her new CD. Um, yeah, it was good. I've seen clips of that being performed at her concert. So, um, well, I don't, not just that, but like her performing in water. I think she oh. does like a couple of different songs with the water feature. So it's like Cirque du Soleil up in this piece then. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But I've just seen various clips of various songs being performed at her concert with the water situation. So, um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I thought it was a good performance. It was nice. It was a good start to the show. Okay. All right. So, if you were to give it a grade... Oh, we're grading these? Well, we don't have to. <laughs> I thought it'd be interesting to hear what your what your grade would be. Um, I guess I would give it an A-. Oh, okay. A-, sounds good. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I don't know. Why not? Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the next one, unless you had more to say. No, I have nothing more to say. About... Okay. So, the next one we're going to talk about um, is going to be uh, the first... Uh, Prince tribute, and this included Erica Badu, The Roots, and Bilal, and uh, they performed uh, The Ballad of Dorothy Parker and The Beautiful Ones. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what did you think? Well, oh, I just, oh, oh, Prince connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, well, I just want to say that BT, I think, you know, as an intro, kind of, for the most part, nailed it when it comes to the Prince tribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did what I suggested, which was, you know, I when in the Prince podcast that we did a while back, I suggested that they should, you know, the 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 tribute should only in, you know involve either artists that work directly with Prince or artists who were directly influenced by Prince in their music, and you know, mm-hmm. I named people like you know D'Angelo and Janelle Monae and people right. like that. And I think they nailed it with this, with Erica Badu, who, you know, was friends with Prince and, you know, they've, you know, hung out together and, and, and done things together. Mm-hmm. And also, what I, I was glad to see that they, these artists, especially Erica Badu and Bilal, they didn't pick, like, the standard mm-hmm. Prince hits mm-hmm. as far as, like, the pop of the top of the charts you know yeah. like you know they didn't do like the standard like oh the, you know this is let's go crazy and things like that like that battle of dorothy parker for a prince fan isn't like you know some obscure track i mean we all know it it's a lot mm-hmm. of people's favorite track uh it's just that you know it, it wasn't released as a single there was like mm-hmm. no video to it so and it didn't get played on the radio really so it's mm-hmm. to, to casual fans to just regular people out on the street, you know, it might seem obscure. So mm-hmm. I was happy that they did that because, like, for me being a Prince fan, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard all the hits before. Give me something that I don't normally hear. And they did the Battle of Dorothy Parker, mm-hmm. uh, Erica Badu and the Roots did, and I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty. It was pretty good. I mean, it looked like it sounded like to me they, the the arrangement that the Roots went with was similar to the arrangement that Prince does um, when he does the jazzy version of that song. So it doesn't quite mm-hmm. sound like it does on the Sign of the Times album. It kind of oh, okay. it sounds like how Prince performed it on Tonight Show, where it's like really really jazzy mm. uh, uh, with the piano is more piano driven than 
than drum machine driven like it is on the uh, on the album. Mm-hmm. I thought she did a good job with it. Um, Bilal then came out with the roots backing him, and he did the beautiful ones. Mm-hmm. And he was um, very energetic. Mm-hmm. It. It it got better for me. It started off kind of shaky, but it actually started to get better mm-hmm. once he started like to open up and let loose. Mm-hmm. And you know, beautiful ones is obviously one of the best Prince songs ever. Everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was good when he opened up. And and fun fact, mm-hmm. um, apparently that wasn't the song he was scheduled to perform. Oh really? Yeah. How did you find that out? You know the the, the, the Twitter on the Twitter. Oh, what was he supposed to? Play? Well, he was supposed to do "Do Me, Baby," oh. but then the day before Saturday. Mm-hmm. Something came up. I don't know what, but they said mm, you're going to do the beautiful ones instead. So mm. he essentially just had to practice that one in in a day. Wow! To do that one instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happened. There was no explanation as of now on, on why the the song changed. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if it had something to do with the lack of um, D'Angelo's appearance wow. in the awards because D'Angelo was scheduled to appear. He right. was advertised as, as going to appear, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he didn't appear, hmm. and that was really odd and strange mm-hmm. that he didn't show up. So maybe it had something to do with you know D'Angelo's going to do the beautiful ones, and then. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't show up, so they decided that Bilal was going to do it instead. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. So I thought I thought they started off good. It was a good start to the to the night of of tribute. Yeah, I um, also like uh, this tribute. Um, you know, I'm I've said before in a podcast. You know, like I I love Prince, but I was not somebody who like jumped onto Prince and just like, you know, no, I don't know his whole catalog by any means. So, um, but that doesn't mean I think things are bad or whatever, but like, yeah, I, um, I had heard the song, uh, the ballad of Dorothy Parker only like maybe a couple times. And because of the arrangement, I wasn't like, I never played it with you. You never played it. I never heard it while you were with me. I've never heard it with you. No, I don't think so. No. I'm, or maybe I have. I'm and slacking I just... in my job. <laughs> I need to work harder. Or maybe I have, and I just don't like because I'm, you know, like it took me a while to pick up the song, and I picked it up because of the lyrics. I had heard the lyrics before, so I can't even tell you how it actually goes. If that's mm-hmm. not how it like actually goes, I so I don't. So maybe I've heard it, and I just. I haven't heard it in a while. Yeah. You know? That's not but, how it goes. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit more. The way to perform is a little bit more. Right. Upbeat. Right. So that's, um, yeah. So I was kind of like, probably one of the many people in the audience I was like oh what song is this and then like I kind of got some of the lyrics I was like oh because I couldn't really hear Erica was that just me or did you feel no, that way that, like, did you feel it was that that was a problem with her and many other performances I think and it always seems to be the case with the war shows where I, I guess it's just difficult considering all the the instrument changes and band changes mm -hmm. and microphone changes that like a lot of times like something gets lost where the the volume Mm -hmm. isn't right on on a microphone or 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 an instrument so i feel like yeah her microphone was low and and the way she was singing it didn't help either so it was was hard to really make her out yeah so anyway um The beautiful ones, well, like now hearing what you just said about that change in song, like, wow, he did a good job. I mean, I thought he did a really good job. Um, The beautiful ones is one of my favorite Prince songs. So I thought he did really good with it. And um, yeah, that was um, a good tribute. The Roots did good. And I'm going to say something later about the band situations, but we can (laughs) continue. Um, We can continue unless you have some more to say about this one. No, I'm good with that one. Okay, the next performance we'll talk about is Alicia Keys. Um, She performed her new single, In Common, and she did a little bit of a a one-woman show with this uh, performance where she basically was performing all of the music for it. Um, if you saw it, and um, maybe that was her tribute to Prince, because Prince was a one man band. She bad. said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you my tribute to all. Prince." Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I saw some people feeling kind of like they had a little, you know, they didn't really like the performance um, for whatever reason. Um, I wasn't like, I don't know. I didn't hate it. I didn't. Um, I didn't love it either. It felt a little unrehearsed, if anything. Um, so that was my only thing. It was kind of like, did she know what she was doing? <laughs> like, had she put it all together in I terms know. of, it, you know, like, like, I felt like she was kind of like uh, trying to figure it out on the, 
spot. Because she mean, had she had a guitar, then she had like yeah. a sampler, and then she had a a keyboard. And it seemed like in her head when she planned it out, she thought this is going to work. work. But when she yeah. got up there and practiced, like, nah, playa, that ain't working. This ain't going to work. And so maybe there were some last minute changes in her head. That's what it kind of seemed like. Not that she didn't know what she was doing, but like maybe she rearranged some stuff in her head. And it, that's kind of like, it seemed like the few pauses seemed like she was trying to figure that out. But um, other than that, I mean, I, I like that song. I mean, I, I like the song. I don't mind the hmm. song at all, whatever. It's, I like the beat. <laughs> you know, it's a cool beat. But yeah, um, it was an interesting performance. I, I wish it just felt smoother. But that's... More polished. Yeah, I wish a little bit polished. And otherwise, if it had, you know, seemingly if it had the quirks kind of worked out, if there were any quirks or kinks, I should say, kinks worked out, then... um. It, I think it would have been really cool. Um, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. feeling it. Like actually, that was my first time hearing that song. So oh, I've never oh, heard. So you know, yeah, really... I haven't. I never heard the song. And yeah. people people have told me that actually the actual version sounds better than what she performed yeah, live. Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Like she was like strumming that guitar with her struggle <laughs> chords, and you can see like she was struggling to um to play that guitar and. At one point, the camera, you know, they zoomed in on her hands like they're showing us something. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you, you see that she's like struggling right now. Like pretty much you could put like the the, the Jordan head on those strings because <laughs> she is like having trouble playing those chords, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, and to me, it maybe it was, it was the best tribute of all because it just illustrated like how much of a genius and otherworldly prince was where he can play any instrument and be a virtuoso at it. You know, mm-hmm. we all know that Isha Keys could play piano. She's really good at that. Yeah. And to see her, you know, struggle to play this guitar. And I'm like, you know what, boo, that's not for you. Like, <laughs> you're not good. You're not Prince. Prince could go out there and go from bass guitar to lead guitar, to rhythm guitar, mm-hmm. to, you know, to drums, to percussion, to keyboards and do all that and be better at it than 99% of the people in this world. And she couldn't. I mean, it was like trying to watch, you know, Andre 3000 get up there and play guitar. But I'm sure he, he's actually a lot better than her. <laughs> but so I wasn't feeling it for that aspect. It just it was just like a struggle performance on her part. But, you know, maybe the yeah. song is good. The, the, the live or uh, the yeah, real version. Yeah, you should hear the real version. The actual song is, is, is good. But yeah, this performance wasn't... Yeah, I mean, I see what people are saying, if that's what people are saying. But, I mean, a lot of people just don't care for her voice anymore, which is the main thing. So it's kind of like people automatically dismiss her song because of that, from what I could tell. But, yeah, other than that, like, yeah, I, I, I don't hate the song. I just wasn't really feeling, like, the way this went down. But that's just me. Anyway, so we're going to move on along to the next um, performance. Well, it's not the next performance, but the next... One we're going to talk about, which is another Prince tribute. Um, this one has Stevie Wonder, Jennifer Hudson, and Tori Kelly. Uh, Stevie Wonder and Tori Kelly, um, they did uh, Take Me With You, and Jennifer Hudson um, with Stevie uh, on the keyboard. Uh, Jennifer Hudson sang Purple Rain. So, um, what did you think? That one was probably the weakest. No. That was probably the weakest of the of the tributes that occurred. Okay. Um, I think that as much as a genius, musical genius, Stevie Wonder is, and I I have said this before that I think Stevie Wonder is the the greatest songwriter, pop popular music songwriter that ever existed. Like he's the greatest songwriter ever. Mm-hmm. But I don't think his style of singing and voice lends itself well to Prince songs yeah because the way he was singing like take me with you just i was not feeling it at all (laughs) you know and i feel like you know this might be blasphemous and i'm sure we're going to get some comments about it actually we're not going to get any comments because no one ever comments on our (laughs) podcast but i think stevie wonder was holding tori kelly back you think so (laughs) i don't think it's a shocked look on your face yeah no because i i feel like you know, Tori Kelly is someone who, you know, it's nice that she was part of the performance because Prince expressed in the past that he enjoyed her music mm-hmm. and, you know, has given her props before. Mm-hmm. So she's someone that was on his radar. And I think if she did Take Me With You by herself, it would have sounded better than, than mm-hmm. what they were trying to do with, with Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Because there was times where she started to 
get into the flow and you can see that she was like you know building her confidence and she was really getting into a groove mm-hmm. getting into the pocket so to speak and then stevie would come through and then with his you know verse or he would say something and it was just it just threw off the entire mm-hmm. um I, I don't know the, the the entire i guess feeling of the song it just mm-hmm. it just i i just wasn't feeling it at all yeah so i i, I wasn't sure about the stevie performance jennifer hudson was was interesting she came in and did what Jennifer Hudson does. So she mm-hmm. was like, she oversang and she over emoted <laughs> and she, you know, over gestured. Mm-hmm. And, but still, for the most part, I think it worked. It wasn't horrible because the woman can't sing. You know, it's like, right. it ain't like she can't sing. She can sing. It's just a matter of her just like raining it in. Yeah. And also because Purple Rain is already like a, such a beautiful song. It's like, you know, you have to be really, really, really do poorly Bad, to mess it yeah. up. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was, it was, it was okay. You know, it, it's it's such a strong and powerful song that you know, if someone who can sing who has the pipes lays into it, you you can you can feel it. So mm-hmm. I thought she was she was all right. Yeah. Um, for me, yeah, I I actually agree with you about um Tori Kelly and because you know I've heard her, you know we both heard her sing. Uh, many times, if you've never heard her sing before, I mean, she's got a Pepsi commercial <laughs> and turn on TV, um, but she's been popping up at a lot of different places. I think that um, she has a really good voice, and I think, yeah, you're kind of right, like, when Stevie wasn't really cut out for, like, well, that song, and yeah, like, Prince, like, I can't, I don't know what song he would have been good singing. Right, yeah. Like, I, mean, I can't even think I off can't... the top of my head, like, what would he have sounded... His voice just does not, like you said, lend itself to the type of music Prince does. Um, at least these, these these songs. I mean, maybe right. it's like one of those more obscure songs where Prince, you know, was making a song that was reminiscent of Stevie Wonder. You know, he did he's done a lot of stuff like that mm-hmm. in his catalog. Mm-hmm. Maybe if there was a song like that that he did, then mm-hmm. yeah, it would sound good. But when it comes to like songs that are signature Prince songs, like songs that only Prince can make, mm-hmm. he his voice just wasn't suited for it. Yeah. So, I agree with that. And, yeah, Jennifer, you know, she going Jennifer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was moving in a sense that she, it was so powerful. Like, I mean, that's just the one thing. Like, you can't help but to be kind of moved by her voice because her voice is just just powerful. I mean, it just knocks everybody out. And it's just, like, it's just amazing how strong her voice was. I was, like, looking at the way she was holding the microphone. I mean, she wasn't even holding it. Anywhere near her mouth at sometimes, and yeah, it's just so. It was like a good twelve inches from her powerful. mouth, and she was like blowing and blowing, and you heard it clearly. It wasn't like you know faint at all. That yeah, I was just blown away by that. I was like, oh my gosh, like yeah. So anyway, like you said, you can't really mess up Purple Rain, and yeah, I mean she, you know, she belts it out. You know, she's gonna do that, and you know, I don't mind it. Yeah, I didn't mind it. So that was my take on it. Mm-hmm. Um. Moving right along. Uh, the next um, artist is Maxwell. His performance, he performed his new song, Lake by the Ocean. And then he did a Prince tribute um, and sang Nothing Compares to You. Um, I like his new song. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as the tribute goes, uh, yeah, I thought that was good. Like, he did it really good. And he, like, changed the lyrics around mm-hmm. and stuff. And I wish we could have listened to it again to get some... Right. To hear the lyrics again, but yeah, he changed some of the lyrics around, and but it was it was a good performance. I mean, love I love Maxwell, so yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, I like Lake by the Ocean. Like that's a song that's definitely like a grower from like the first time uh, we heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, did he played that at the concert? Right? Yes. Yeah, when we saw when we saw uh, Maxwell back in uh, February. February, yes. <clears throat> uh, I like the song. It was kind of weird because like it seemed like. You know, maybe it was nerves or anxiety or whatever you have it. But when he first came out singing like by the ocean, it seemed like he had a touch of nerves. He was tentative. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of holding the microphone in a weird way. We just kept shaking it. Yeah, so he was shaking. Yeah, it was. It, it may have been nerves because you know he stopped doing that eventually. But it was it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But I like the song. But that's another situation where it seemed like his microphone was low from the jump. I mean, yeah. you can hardly make it out and. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's something that's just difficult when you're doing live shows like this to, to take care of as far as, like, sound checks are concerned. But mm-hmm. uh, I like the song. It's good. Uh, and, you know, side note, his album comes out on Friday, July mm-hmm. 1st. So uh, it's going to be Lake by Ocean on there. It's a long wait for Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for the. I was gonna say all what? the Starbuckses are playing it today, supposedly. But that was from, that was at noon. I think it was like noon to one or something. Oh, just for an hour. Okay. It was yeah, it started at noon. Okay. So you all missed the free stream at Starbucks, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, and nothing compares to you. Um, that was unexpected. Um, and I. I liked it because, like you said, he changed the lyrics. Like, mm-hmm. he did a good job singing, and he actually did a better job singing that song than he did his own song. Yeah, actually, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and he changed the lyrics. You know, it's been seven hours and 66 days mm-hmm. since you took your music away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he said, you know, he talked about how, you know, he, he went to the record store and, you know, an Apple and Spotify, Spotify. But, he could, but he couldn't find any music that was as good as you or something mm-hmm. like that, which was really good and touching. Like it was it was a nice twist on, you know, just seeing nothing compares to you, like the struggle mm-hmm. version that Madonna gave at the Billboard Awards. Mm-hmm. And little known fact, like Maxwell's like a huge like Prince fan. Like he loves Prince. Like mm-hmm. I follow Maxwell on Twitter and and even before Prince passed, like, he would always, like, talk about Prince and, like, you know, mm. Prince would tweet something and he would retweet it. And, mm-hmm. and Maxwell actually performed at Prince, at Paisley Park for Prince many, many years ago, like, mm-hmm. maybe 15 years ago. And Prince had, like, a week-long celebration at Paisley Park, okay. which I wish I could have gone to because it was awesome because he had, like, a, it was called the Prince, Prince Celebration or Prince Celebration where mm-hmm. each night of the week he had different bands come and perform. So one day was Erica Badu, mm-hmm. the next day was Maxwell, another day was like mint condition and it was like one one person each uh, one different group each week or each day of the week and also like on some of those shows he popped in and performed and then like at Mm -hmm. the end of the week he had his own concert and Mm -hmm. as I recall like they were cheap tickets too it was like 30 bucks you know it was like it wasn't like 150 bucks it was like 30 bucks back in like 2000 2001 whenever this happened where or 99 whenever this happened like you can go to Paisley Park Monday was like Erica Badu Tuesday was like Maxwell it was Mm -hmm. like I wish he, and I wanted him to do that again. He never did do it mm-hmm. again, but that would have been, you know, that, that would have been awesome to see. So, you know, there's the Prince connection with, with Maxwell. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. I thought it, I thought it was a, a good performance and uh, I liked the way that he, he really changed up the lyrics. Yeah. I thought that was, you know, kind of a little tri- a tribute within a tribute maybe. Cause isn't that one of the songs that Prince off, often changes the lyrics to? During performances? Like, he changes some of the lyrics to that one? Mm, no. No? No, not that I know of. I thought when we saw him in concert and he performed, or I saw, we saw him sing that one time and he changes, like, some of the lyrics to that one. But maybe I'm wrong. Mm, I don't know. Not really. One thing he does change is Kiss. He changes the lyrics to Kiss um, mm. pretty often. Because it used to be, okay. you know, you don't have to watch Dynasty to have an attitude. Yeah. And then he changed it to, you don't have to watch Sex in the City when that was popular. Mm-hmm. You don't have to watch Desperate Housewives. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to watch, you know, like The Real Housewives. <laughs> he, he used to always, or you yeah. don't have to watch Empire. He would always like okay, change Okay, maybe that's it. the song I'm thinking of then. He would change Kiss for, for that. Got it. Well, let's move on. Um, the next performance is the Usher and... Young Thug was a part of this performance. Um, I missed that. Um, and this song was what called No Limit. Is this a new song for Usher? I guess so. I don't know. And for a song called No Limit, there was a conspicuous absence of Master P. <laughs> he definitely. Why did he get Young Thug? You should have had Master P on this. Um, yeah. So this song. Um, this is like, you know, something that we were talking about with Usher, you know, Usher, you know, I love Usher. Um, I have his CDs and stuff and, you know, I, I just think he's a great singer, great performer, uh, entertainer, dancer, all that stuff. Like he's, he's really talented and, you know, he's been around forever. You know, I think what his first single was out when he was 17 or something like that or 15. 15. So yeah, like he, he's been around forever. I've listened to him forever. But yeah, he's one of the ones that come from that generation where, you know, well my generation where, you know, he's just getting older and he's trying to hang in there <laughs> and sing like kind of, you know, trying to be hip and cool. He's trying to stay relevant. Trying to stay relevant and it's just it's just unbecoming, you know. Yeah. It's just not flattering it's just not cool he just needs to stay in his lane and do the music that he's used to doing and he'll be all right you know the thing is he what hit him is i think what hits a lot of artists when they hit 
you know, maybe around 33, 34, especially after they've been performing and, you know, on the national scene for at least 15 years. Yeah. Where they start to hit that, that weird spot in their career where they're, you know, they're not sure where to go. Like they, they try, they start to see that they're, you know, they're not as popular as they were before. They sell mm-hmm. less. They don't sell as many, you know, uh, tickets to their shows and they're kind of trying to stay popular right but they're still popular enough that people know who they are right and they have a catalog to support that but then mm-hmm. they're still trying to get going and it's it happens to a lot of people and i and i you know it's you know speaking of prince i mean it happened to prince where you know right around you know after the diamonds and pearls and then the symbol album came out that was the point where prince was like you know 33 34 mm-hmm. and he was trying to hold on to that you know, that market that he had before that he dominated in the 80s. Right. And so he started incorporating a lot more rap into his his, mm-hmm. his work. You know, he had DJ scratching and, and this, you know, bravado, braggadocia persona mm-hmm. that was just not good. I mean, yeah. a lot of the songs were good from that era, but then a lot of the stuff was very uh, embarrassing. And it was mm-hmm. him pandering to like a hip hop audience and like a really deep urban black audience and mm-hmm. and I think you know but he eventually got out of that like once you know after a few years of that he became comfortable with himself again and doing what he did well mm-hmm. and became comfortable it's like I'm not going to try to stay you know hip and relevant I'm just going to do my thing mm-hmm. and hopefully Usher would get to that point <laughs> where he, he stops trying to be young and, and relevant right and it's not like he's old I mean I mean he's what 30 he's pretty 35 now I think. Yeah, Usher's like 35 I think yeah. And he looks young. He looks good. He's in shape. Right. So maybe that's why he doesn't feel like he's old. Right. But there's a market difference between, like, when you see Usher and then you see some of these other guys, cats out there performing, like, you know, Bryson Tiller or these other, you know, The Weeknd or whoever these other folks are. Right. you can really tell, and it, it seems like he's just the old man trying to hang out hang with out. the with the youth. Mm-hmm. And I think it, you know, that's not his bread and butter. I mean, he's good at the dancing area, but the, stop trying to chase the trend. Stop, mm-hmm. you know, don't do like the trap music. Don't do mm-hmm. the lean music. Don't do whatever's like the hot music of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, just do good solid music. I mean, he did it with Confessions. I mean, Confessions yeah. was like the, the strong, strong, straight up R and B album. Yeah, and he probably should go back to that. Like he had a little success when he did the EDM. Mm-hmm. But that was an example of him like chasing trends when he was doing EDM, yeah, that and that actually worked out for him. But now it's like you know mm-hmm. what, dude, just just do a solid R and B album and you'll be all right. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. Um, I don't have anything else to add to that. So, <laughs> well, don't forget, like you know, he also made his political statement with his his jacket that said "Don't Trump America." Oh, that's right. On yeah. the back, so I guess we could say that Usher's not a Trump supporter. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think there was many Trump supporters in that audience. Probably so, not. Probably not. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if there were any in that audience. Um, let's move along. Um, the last two um, performances we are talking about are going to be the Prince tribute. So we have the first one is Janelle Monet, and she performed uh, a few songs. She performed Delirious, Kiss, Pop Life, and I Would Die For You. So um, what did you think? thought it was awesome mm-hmm. as you know i'm a huge janelle monet fan yep i think she's very talented mm-hmm. she's someone that like prince adored and thought the the world of her musically and as a as a person mm-hmm. so it was it was very appropriate that she you know was part of the the tributes mm-hmm. and also you know prince appeared on her album uh her latest album uh, as like a featuring art featured artist you know mm-hmm. singing on a song and she let you know, he let her produce him. Like, you know, Prince, Prince just said, I'll just do whatever you want. And Prince mm-hmm. doesn't do that for anybody, you know? <laughs> I mean, Prince is going to be, like, doing, you know, calling the shots and do it by mm-hmm. his rules, but he respects her so much that he said, you know what, this is your song, you write it, I'll come in, I'll, I'll do my part. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, high praise coming from Prince, and I think she did him justice with her, uh, with her performance. She did a medley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she, she really nailed it as far as the song choices. Uh, and I, and with each song, you know, she did something that was kind of, you know, the choreography and the outfits that she wore corresponded to the songs mm-hmm. or to the era of those songs. Yeah, so for, really cool. you know, Delirious, um, you know, she, you know, wearing like an outfit that Prince wore, uh, you know, a similar outfit around 83, 84 mm-hmm. with Kiss, you know, she took that, you know, took off the, the fur, uh, I guess, whatever fur thing she had on. 
And for Kiss, she was wearing like a crop top and you know some pants and you know, reminiscent of of the Prince Kiss video with a woman in black veil dancing in front of a red background. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Pop Life, you know she put on a trench coat and you know that was around the time eighty five. 86 where you know prince was doing you know had a trench coat as part of his show mm-hmm. uh and i like that was you know she did pop life that's another one of those songs where you know casual fans probably don't know but you know hardcore fans know and love is one of the prince's great songs mm-hmm. and i would die for you uh same thing like she, you know she did the you know choreography for i would die for you with her backup dances i thought it was mm-hmm. i thought it was good like it, she you know i said it you know on twitter uh, during the show, like she gets it, you know, she yeah, didn't just come sure. out and just like, okay, I'm just gonna stand here and just do these songs. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get into the essence of Prince. Like, when mm-hmm. he performed these songs in during that era, he looks like this, he dressed like this, he danced like this. This is the choreography. So she tried to recapture that, mm-hmm. and to me, that was very impressive. Like, she took notes and she made it a point to to make it special. Um, for this for this performance, um. The first thing I noticed, uh, what band was back there? Oh, it was her band. So she oh, had her okay. own band okay. for that, like, yeah, she had her own yeah, band. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for the band. I thought the music sounded, it didn't sound good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounded a little elevatory. It sounded, you know what it sounded like? Vegas cheesy karaoke. It, uh, wedding singer-ish. Mm. Like wedding, like it sounded like a wedding band performing. I I agree. Yeah. I think for Delirious and Kiss, I think it was, it, it tended to, trended towards that. Mm-hmm. I think Pop Life, the arrangement of Pop Life was, was a little bit better. What was much closer to the original. Yeah. So that sounded good. And I, I Would Die For You was okay. But I, I yeah. do see what you're saying for like the first two songs. Yeah. The arrangement was, was kind of cheesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's yeah. That was the first thing I kind of noticed. It didn't sound like I don't know. It just didn't sound that like good to me. Like clear and I don't know. Like vibrant. Like it sounded like a not. You know. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when like um, oh my gosh, back in the day uh before we got all into MP3s and stuff. It, it reminded me of like MIDI, mm. like mid, MIDI files and yeah. like wave files, <laughs> like that kind of like doot doot doot. Like I don't know, like that, like chopped up kind of weird computer yeah. music. Yeah, I don't know why I thought of that while I was listening to it, but that's yeah, that's what it kind of sounded like. But I mean, she's great. I mean, she herself was performing. She uh, is a great performer, and you know we've seen her in concert, and she puts on an amazing show. You, if you any of you out there have never seen her in concert, please go do yourself a favor. It is the best money you'll ever spend. Um, but yeah, like uh, I also felt like her microphone was low. I felt like I couldn't really hear. <laughs> So the like, theme of the night is everyone's microphone. Everyone's mic. Not not everybody. Like it was just her and like and Maxwell and Maxwell and Erica Badu and Erica Badu. <laughs> okay, that's only three people. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just the way they were singing. But like, uh, yeah. Other than that, like, I mean, I liked what she did with the performance. I liked that she took, um, you know, each, uh, yeah, like each, you know, song and like did like the corresponding like choreography and 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 costume, if you will. Uh, clothing. Yeah. Like, what, what do I want to say? But, um, you know what I wish they would have done? And this is like, this, this, this kind of goes for all the Prince performances. But one of the things I noticed, I told you, like, I mean, that crowd, that BT crowd, it just, I guess it just gets younger and younger each year. And it was just a little unnerving for me to like see them pan to the, you know, the, the, the cameras going out into the crowd and like no one is singing songs. There were a few choice people that were singing songs and they were singing those songs. Like they Home were, Girl in Blue? Whoa. In blue dress? She, she, yeah. And the chick was, in the glasses. She was doing the most. <laughs> yeah. And like they were like doing dancing and everything. They were into it. They knew the, the words. and But it was so many people they kept showing that didn't know words and I was like god this is a like how old are these people in this crowd um like outside of the celebrities just you know just all the other random people that they have at the BET awards um and that was kind of like annoying but so I kind of wished because of that they had like something on the video screen showing like during each of these performances kind of like him performing or like him like in that era whatever like just to get so people got it could get it because people didn't get Jennifer Hudson's outfit either. It right, yeah, because out because her white outfit she had like the white like, like hood. hood. And that's something that Prince wore during an awards right. appearance a few years ago. So it's right. like people are like what's she wearing? Like well that's what Pr- Prince wore something similar to that year. Right, it would have been cool to like kind of put that all together, especially knowing that. 
or maybe they don't realize, but their audience is must be really young. Like I felt like everybody in that audience outside of a lot of celebrities had to be like under 25 or under 30 at least. Like it, it was just unbelievable to me that I'm like, these are Prince songs. And, and I understand that some of these songs like aren't very known, but most of these songs are very yeah. known. Like <laughs> these are his hottest songs. And I'm just like, are people not teaching their children these songs? Like, what the heck? Like, all these 20-year-olds in the audience? Like, how do you not know Kiss? How do you not know, like, I don't know, Baby, I'm a Star? I mean, those are some big ones I would think some 20-year-olds should know, right? You like, know, no? You, you made a... You just reminded me of a point that I missed. Like, when they did the tribute for Prince, mm. they didn't really do any introduction of, like, talking about... Prince, really? I mean, they give like a mm. short introduction to the first one. I think Anthony right. Anderson said something. But they never did like a whole like retrospective, you know, this is his career. Yeah. They didn't do that. And like they didn't show live, you know, clips of him performing. And I, and that's something I really, I didn't notice at the time, but I really missed out on. Like they should have shown, like, because a lot of people just, you know, even to this day, man, people do not realize how amazing a talent he was. Mm-hmm. And the best way to show people how good Prince was and what he did was to show him performing and show mm-hmm. him performing live. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they didn't show any like clips like that because when you, you know, that was the thing. Like, if I don't think I've ever heard of anyone going to a Prince show and saying they didn't enjoy it because right. like, even if people weren't a Prince fan, if you go to a Prince show, you'd be like, wow, that was like pretty amazing. amazing. I mean, I'm not a Prince fan, but that was awesome. Right. And that's the best way to introduce people to Prince and, you know, kind of give them a glimpse into how special he was as a talent. Mm-hmm. And they didn't show any, they didn't show any like clips of performance. And that would have, I think that would have helped and like kind of, you know, drilled into maybe the audience more of how special he was if you right. actually showed him in his element. I mean, they show right. still photographs up on, on the stage while mm-hmm. people perform, but it's like, show him, you know, performing, you know, the the live version of America or mm-hmm. show him performing, you know, I, you know, I Would Die For You from like Purple Rain or mm-hmm. something like that, you know, Let's Go Crazy. Like, if, you, if people see that, so it was, it was kind of disappointing they didn't do that. They didn't like yeah. you know show a, a, a like a short video package of him performing live and mm-hmm. you know having a quick retrospective. Yeah, like throughout the night, yeah, showing showing something like that. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's off on a tangent about that. But yeah, I did enjoy Janelle Monae. Um, and let's go on and move into the final medley. Uh, medley. Medley. Can say that um, of performers. So we have Sheila E. With um, Liv Warfield, Elisa, is it Elisa? Yes. Elisa Fiorello. Fiorello. Um, Jerome Benton and Maite. I always say her name. I always want to say Maite. Maite. Maite Garcia. And also uh, Shelby Johnson was there as well. Mm-hmm. And the twins. And and, mm-hmm. and Liv, Elisa, and Shelby were Prince's backup singers. They mm-hmm. worked with him recently, past few years. Mm-hmm. And the twins were backup singers and dancers as well. Mm-hmm. And they were also on stage. And Maite, of course, was you know Prince's first ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone knows Jerome was. Uh, no, not everybody knows. Well, Jerome, <laughs> Jerome was in the time, and he was uh, right. Morris's personal valet <laughs> and mirror time. man. <laughs> mirror man. <laughs> Jerome, hand me a mirror yeah. so I can fix my hair. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So they performed the following: Housequake, Erotic City, You Got the Look, A Love Bazaar, The Glamorous Life, America, and Baby, I'm a Star. And uh, basically, this is headed up by Sheila E. Um, it was great. I mean, this was my favorite performance um, of the night. And, um, yeah, Sheila E, like, just is amazing. I can't believe, what is she, 58? Sheila E is 58 years 58 old. 58 years old. And fine as wine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, she is, like, in, like, geriatric AARP territory, and she is still Fine. She's gorgeous. She's really I mean, beautiful. it's amazing. She's beautiful, yeah. And she was moving it, and she was out there and playing those drums and just doing what Sheila E. does. And surprisingly, and- even someone like me who's like a confessed Prince snob, she played guitar, and I had no idea she played guitar. Like, maybe I knew at one point and forgot, but I, when she picked up the guitar and she started playing, I'm like, what? She plays guitar? <laughs> we all know she plays percussion. We all know she plays drums. I just never knew that she played guitar. And I'm like, yo, Sheila is, like, amazing. She is amazing, and she, um, yeah, she just 
did it. She just did that. She yeah. outdid it herself. Was like, did. all of them did. Like, it was an amazing performance. And these are, yeah, great songs. And and I was watching everybody not sing along. Yeah. <laughs> it was so sad. I'm it's like, like, I mean, like one person okay, they kept showing. Maybe not Housequake. You know, she started off with Housequake. And it was just yeah. pretty much like an instrumental of, of Housequake. I don't think there was too much too singing much in singing, there. No. And I understand people not knowing Housequake. Yeah, I that's understand a, that's, that's a deep cut, though, for casual fans. Mm-hmm. But Erotic mm-hmm. City, everyone should know Erotic City. The greatest yeah. B-side song doo, doo, doo. ever known to man. Doo, doo, doo. Um, and she's also, she was she helped Prince record that song back in 83. She was singing on Erotic City. I think it may have been like the first song she worked on with him. Oh, okay. Then you got the look. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did that. Mm-hmm. And her own songs, Love Bizarre and Glamorous Life that mm-hmm. Prince wrote. Then when she got to America, that's when I really got hyped. Because America is one of those, like I said, a deep cut that casual fans don't know. But mm-hmm. like, you know, Prince, that's one of those songs that Prince kills. Like, it sounds good on the album on Around the World in a Day mm-hmm. um, album. But when you see the live version, I'm sure at this point you can find it on YouTube. Just do a search for Prince America Live. And you have the live version of him performing that in concert. And it's like just an amazing video clip. Mm. I mean, Prince is like, he turns it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, America's like the jam. So when she started playing that, I was hype. I was like, yo, <laughs> she's playing America? And then she closed it out with Baby, I'm a Star, mm-hmm. which was great. Uh, great the way to end it. Just say, you know, that's exactly what Prince was. He mm-hmm. was like a star. star yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was a great performance. One of the, yeah, it was one of the best performances um, of the night for me period so yeah it was awesome to see yeah the BET awards I mean in general like they just they just really um really put together like you said they they it would have been nice to have those little small like video packages or have somebody come out before each performance and say you know more or show something um but they apparently you know they really put some thought into this and you know that was that was good that's what you know true real prince fans wanted yeah and, and i think um, they did a good job because stephen hill you know head of like bet programming you know he was a friend of prince and mm-hmm. you know worked closely with prince on, on stuff when prince would appear on bet mm-hmm. and you know he's a prince fan and like you know you i knew that he wasn't going to disappoint you know mm-hmm. i was like he's he's a prince guy you know he's not just some some executive some network executive like he is like a guy mm-hmm. who's actually a prince fan so i said you know what stephen hill is not going to bring anything whack it might not mm-hmm. be amazing but it wasn't going to yeah. be whack either yeah know? it wasn't going to be a and, and he did it he <laughs> made sure he made sure it, it wasn't whack mm-hmm. yeah no this is good it was really good um yeah, what do so- you think of the awards overall um i mean i you know we only watch it for uh, for the Prince stuff, really. At least I yeah. did. I mean, I, I'm, I'm speaking for you right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, totally. I mean, that's the only reason. I mean, you know, we don't ever really watch the BET Awards. So, I mean, the awards were whatever. I mean, it's it's kind of just like all awards show now are just, you know, showcases and excuses for people to perform live. Yeah. So, it's pretty much, you know, the only performances I liked were, like, the Prince performances. You know, I didn't like mm-hmm. any of the other folks that performed. Uh, I mean, except for Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar, that was a you know that was a good performance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was. I mean, it was okay for for what it was. I mean, it's it wasn't anything special. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the best part, I guess, you know, the, the best non Prince uh, related highlight was uh, obviously Jesse Williams' mm-hmm. you know, yeah. speech, acceptance speech for winning the like humanitarian award. Mm-hmm. You know that was that was pretty good and powerful, and he was. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to say he was speaking truth to power, but he was like you know he really nailed a lot of folks and and, and spoke for a marginalized people. You know, mm-hmm. and he's a civil rights activist, and he did a great job and was eloquent in his. Uh, admonishment of you know this country and how this country treats black folks mm-hmm. and how this country you know appropriate black folks and mm-hmm. and you know exploit black talent and mm-hmm. and black bodies and it was really good and it was really potent and mm-hmm. that was you know the the non prince related highlight of the night for me yeah no it was excellent it was amazing I knew he was gonna come and say something just you know just so eloquent and just I mean at one point he was speaking in such a way it was sound like he was reciting poetry and it was just like oh my like spoken word God. <laughs> like he's just on it like he's just amazing like I mean ever since I started following him on Twitter like 
what, however many years ago. Like, you know, I've been following him ever since he's been on Grey's Anatomy. So he's been on the show for several years. And I mean, it's just amazing, like his his thoughts on things. I don't know. It's not like it's, I don't want to say it's not like stuff I haven't heard before, but what it is, what gets me about him is that, you know, he's an actor, people know him and he speaks up and he speaks out. And I think, you know, what he says is just, it's just, it's just the truth. It's just, it hits home and you're just like, dang. And it made me, I was talking to a friend and we were just saying how like, yeah, why don't more people speak out? You because know? people are, I, I mean, we you know we did the podcast before on that, oh, yeah, where yeah, yeah. it's like people have their, you know, celebrities. It's like they have a lot to lose now, a lot more to lose, mm-hmm. and they're afraid of speaking out because they don't want to, you know, lose their career. You know, they don't want to. They love what comes with the career. They love you know the money and, and the fame and stuff that comes with that. And I'm not knocking them for loving that. Like I would too, and mm-hmm. because but they don't want to risk that. So a lot of celebrities, you know, it just seems different than it was in the '60s, where celebrities, yeah. you know, especially black celebrities, were very vocal. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that you know happened. You know, that was discussed in that the OJ documentary made in America mm-hmm. uh, in the sixties, you had these athletes who spoke out like you know, Bill Russell and, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Jim Brown mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the, the guys from the Olympics, you know, Tommy Carlos and the other guy. And then OJ was silent. Right. <laughs> and yeah. it seemed like back then, like black activists, like got out, you know, they did things, you know, even mm-hmm. though they were athletes and they were risking their careers and sometimes their lives, they still spoke out. Mm-hmm. And nowadays it seems like people are less, they're less likely to do that. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe it has something to do with how celebrity is now, how you're really much more insulated from the general population. Because back then, it's like in the 60s, even though, you know, you had people like Sidney Poitier and Harry Belafonte and all these famous folks, then, you know, they, they're famous and they had a lot of money, mm-hmm. but they were in the same boat as everyone else because they still had to, you know, sit in the back of the back bus. Of us, you know, right, they were still yeah. discriminated against in the exact same way. So right. they weren't insulated or segregated from the general population. They still yeah. had money, they still had fame, and they were afforded a few more mm-hmm. luxuries and privileges in the general population. Mm-hmm. But in the end, they were still black. But now, mm-hmm. what, what celebrity is, these people make so much money, and they they really are insulated from the general population. Yeah. I mean, they... They fly, you know, first class. They go all the luxury, exclusive restaurants and clubs. They go to exclusive vacations on private islands. So mm-hmm. they're they're able to insulate themselves from the everyday problems of folks. So mm-hmm. I guess it's easier for them out of sight, out of mind, that they don't feel the same pain and struggle. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for them to just, you know, not get involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but yeah, it's just interesting the way, like, yeah, that you know, celebrities today are, you know, scared to push that envelope and, you know, and it kind of pains me when, I guess maybe they hear too many times when, you know, somebody chooses to speak out about anything, like not just like, you know, Black Lives Matter, but anything like it could be political, it could be just anything that happens in pop, pop culture, like, you know, you get this backlash of people saying, well, you're a celebrity. Like, we don't need your opinion about anything, you know? And that's just, like, that's just so ridiculous to me. Yeah, it's people like, only say that when they don't agree with the celebrity's yeah, opinion. Yeah, exactly. It's just a silly it's That's a silly just concept. so silly yeah. to me. It's just like, what? They're people. Like, yeah, they got more money than you. But they're still people, and they still live in this country, and they still have thoughts and opinions about stuff. And you may not agree with them or like them, like those opinions, but... They they're free they're free to speak up and and say their mind or say what's on their mind like I I hate that like I that notion that they're just like oh they're just athletes oh they're just actors like they don't know anything like uh some of these actors and athletes actually like went to school and have degrees like how about that like some of these people are like way more educated than some of these like Twitter like crazy people like you know what i'm saying it's yeah, like how it, dare you like insult them that way it's not, like i said it only applies when you don't agree with their their politics mm-hmm. that's the only time people say like oh we don't want to hear what you have to say it's like if a right right wing you know conservative guy who's like really hardcore right wing he'll say you know george clooney i don't care what you have to say you you're just an act you're just an actor just right. acting in movies but then he'll turn around and then repost stuff that Ted Nugent says and co-sign and says, 
yeah, Ted Nugent gets it. He knows what he's yeah, talking about. Right. It's like, like, well, he's just a celebrity just as, as George Clooney is. It's only because you agree with his politics yeah, that you care exactly. as to what he says. Right, exactly. And like you said, they're all, they're, they're all humans and, you know, they live in this world too. And yes, they're, they're entitled to opinion. I mean, whether or not you want to give any, you know, how much weight to their opinion is another matter. But just to say that, like, you don't care what they have to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, or that, that they shouldn't speak. They shouldn't that speak. That they should be yeah, silent. They should that's, be silent. That's the like, problem. Like, yeah, that's, that they that's should rather, not speak. They should just act or they should just play on the field and do nothing else. Like that. Right. Because we're talking, we're talking about complicated issues. We're talking about, like, just social issues and, like, living in America. It's not like, you know, someone saying, oh, you know, uh, you know, John Legend, I don't want to hear you talk about, you know, thermodynamics. Like, yeah, of course, you don't hear him talk about it because he knows nothing about thermodynamics. I can right. say that with, like, all certainty right. that he doesn't know anything about thermodynamics. <laughs> right. But also, because he's a singer, like, he doesn't really need to discuss thermodynamics. Right. Like, it doesn't really affect his life in that way. <laughs> right. But if you want to ask him about, you know, the Voting Rights Act, yeah, that makes sense because it affects him and his life. and he right. votes. And he, and he votes, so that, that yeah. matters. So it's like, it really depends on what the subject is. And when yeah. it comes to social issues and politics... Yeah, these people should, you know, have a right to speak up, and I think they should. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that concludes our BET Awards. Does that conclude it? Was there nothing, anything else you wanted to talk about? I don't have anything else to say. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) If you have something else to say, you can say. Well, I just want to say one thing about, like, uh, Jesse uh, Williams. Oh, sure. You know, and, and... and I always call him Jesse L. Williams. Yes, you do. Because, you know, because I got it stuck in my mind, right? I got Jesse L. Martin. Yes. And Vanessa L. Williams. Right. So when I see Jesse Williams, I always think Jesse L. Williams. <laughs> I know. Like, basically, his... You combined his, all three of them I did. His into name, his, his name. name should be, like, his, his middle name should be something L. <laughs> but um, what I was going to say is, um, with Jesse Williams... And part of his speech, you know, he talked about like, you know, brands, you know, like, you know, people, you know, criticizing folks who essentially, I guess, you know, people have all about the brand names and, yeah. and selling stuff. And it was like kind of ironic considering like, you know, half those artists in there are commercial artists yeah. who, you know, rely are, on brands, <laughs> all about brands and selling their brand and pushing their brand. I mean, yeah. he could have basically just held up a picture of like DJ Khaled and then like <laughs> this guy. Like, don't be like don't, this guy. Don't be this guy. Don't be like this guy with the major keys. I mean, every time DJ Khaled showed up on microphone last night, he was talking about his album. Yo, yo, order my pre, you know, pre-order my album. It's coming on iTunes. You know, DJ Khaled. He did it on the pre, the pre-show with the carpet oh show. He did it when he got on stage. He did it when he like, or when he performed. I think he mentioned it. And the after show, like he did it before they introduced his new video. Then he did it again after they introduced the new video. And I'm like, dude, that's just so tacky. That's like really <laughs> tacky. Yeah, you know, he just kept going on and on. It's like, dude. I mean, he should have been like uh, Macy Gray that year who wore a dress he should have had just a jacket that said that oh, yeah. and a hat like and leave it at that dude like <laughs> we get it your album's coming out but like I said I mean I found you know I looked him up I'm like okay this dude is 40 years old like you ain't got that much time brother to be like promoting this stuff <laughs> give him five more years maybe that's why he and that it. ain't gonna be cute if he's trying to make the most of it yeah like, he's probably trying to get that money so he can go jet skiing again like uh, he's trying to do what he can but uh, I digress the point was there's, just, there's a lot of people who he he was speaking to you know yeah I mean Jesse yeah Jesse yes. was speaking he was speaking about those people in the in audience the room, I know. in the room and then and then it's gonna go in one ear out the other you know when you got dudes like designer I mean come yeah. on dude you think that dudes listen to anything mm-hmm. or or you know future and all these dudes like spend all their time you know sipping lean and like making mm-hmm. you know trap music and crack house music mm-hmm. and all that nonsense like they they're not thinking about anything like that man they're just trying to get money get hoes and get rich you know mm-hmm. sad and <laughs> And you still have yet, you know, another impressionable generation that, you know, these kids look look out at the, I don't want to say look up to them, but they look out at them and, you know, they're out there involved in social media and seeing what they do. You know, they're following now. There's so many ways to follow these, these people, like on Snapchat and watching video, you're watching their real life, like, you know unfold before your eyes you know twitter you think twitter was one thing where you could follow somebody and read what they say you know read what they're thinking now you've got like snapchat you've got instagram and the video the whole video thing it's like now you're like seeing real time what they're doing and 
you know, I don't follow any of those type of people, but I just can only imagine what they're showing. And I'm just like, oh, you know, this, it just kind of, it just kind of hurts because it's not, you know, they're showing, I'm sure, parts of their lives that, you know, those kids can only hope and yeah, I mean, dream and, you know, they'll never have that's that. That's the problem. It's the age-old debate we've been having since the 90s when, mm-hmm. like, gangster rap started to rise. It's like, there, it's the balance. The balance is out of whack. Like, yeah. it, it's fine to have, like, party music or just ignorant music right. or whatever. It's fine to have that, but that's the, unfortunately, the, the, the balance is skewed towards that, though. I mean, yeah. there's so much of that that it, it permeates, you know, uh, black culture and our society that, like, you there's no room for for the other types of music and influences that's not like that. So mm-hmm. it's like, it seems like all they show is is that kind of stuff. I mean, when you think about the rappers who performed, I mean, who, rappers who performed on the main stage. So, you, you uh, Kend- Joe, Kendrick, French Montana. Yeah, right, French Sorry. Montana, Remy Ma, Kendrick uh, Lamar. Mm-hmm. Then you had, you know, Future, Future. Designer, Mm-hmm. And um, you know, young thug, but we didn't see him apparently. See him, yeah. But then you think about okay, all, all those rappers like really like Kendrick Lamar is like the only one that's not like you know the others. Like the others, he's just not like the one others. of these is not like the others. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, and, and and that's that's a problem in my opinion. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you have like so much of the same, I mean, if you had added Drake up there, he would have definitely been in that. The whole designer and you know, kind of French Montana Fat Joe crew. I think I don't know. I mean, he doesn't. He's not really a Kendrick Lamar type. You know, he. I don't know. Yeah. He's kind of maybe in the middle. Somewhere, yeah, he's but, in the middle. He's but, about like. You but know. his sound is very much like, not like Kendrick Lamar's sound. You right. Know? But it's not like that. Like you know that super ignorant like yeah, sounding music ignorant, either, either you know it's, yeah he you know, is fall I guess he falls somewhere in the uh, middle but like yeah it just feels like everything is the same essentially you have a couple standouts but yeah it feels like everything is the same and I don't know where were you going with this conversation oh no I'm, <laughs> no I was just I, I was the same I mean with you know Jesse Williams, like it just in general, it just goes in one ear out the other. I think, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. all the people. I mean, we he could say those words, and like it's going to resonate with a lot of folks, and a lot of folks are going to be spurred to action. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, it's like you look at who performed at the BET Awards, and, and, you, like, and you're mm-hmm. like, well, what I mean, are these guys doing? Right. I mean, next year is going to be the same kind of situation, you know, mm-hmm. and. Then, so I mean, you still got the hip hop wars coming up, which is probably going to be the most ignorant situation. Right. So I mean, it is what it is. So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm done. We can we can move on. <laughs> well, we can wrap up. Um, yeah, we can wrap up. I'm <laughs> off my soapbox now. All right. Well, anyway, um, so that's our that's our thoughts. Please leave us some some comments on our iTunes page. You can find us all over the web on iTunes. You could just do a search for just, just the, two the two of us, us podcast. Yes. Do a Google search and the first few results. Remember, you have to add podcast to that because if you get just the two of us, you get the Bill Weather song. But <laughs> right. if you do just the two of us podcast, you'll find information. Yes. You'll find our Facebook page. You'll find our iTunes. You're going to find our Twitter account. So we could be found on Twitter at JTT OU Podcast. Uh, you can find me at Nipsey, N-I-P-S-E-Y. You can find me at Treyrific, T-R-A-Y-R-I-F-I-C. So those are all the spots you can find us. Leave us comments. Comments, and... tweet us, Facebook us. Um, yes, all find us, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all those places. Tune in. Tune in. Google, Google Play. Play. Yes. We're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Please welcome the incomparable... Sheila E.